You're listening to Clifford Kelly on Straight Truth Radio, the podcast. Thank you for tuning us in again this episode. Um, here we're just trying to bring um, understanding to end-time events. We're going to go ahead and get started here in just a second. Um, I just wanted to share with you a few ways how you can contact us as always. Again, um, you can email us at straighttruthradio at yahoo.com. That's straighttruthradio at yahoo.com. On our social media platform, Facebook, it's Clifford Kelly at, or uh, the Straight Truth Radio page on Twitter at Straight Truth R one at Straight Truth the letter R and the number one at Straight Truth R one or at CK Holy Man on YouTube Straight Truth Radio podcast and our Instagram um audience Straight underscore Truth underscore Radio underscore uh, podcast. Um, we want to thank you again for those of you who um, you've been inboxing and your comments, uh, comments and praise and even criticisms are all appreciated. I want to thank you so much. Those of you who listened on the ra- on the uh, podcasting format, Apple, Anchor, Breaker, Google, Overcast, Podbean, Radio Public, and Spotify, and so. We want to um, jump right into this episode, this episode, which we are calling Overcoming by Your Praise and Testimony. Certainly, we know in uh, the book of Revelation that the word of the Lord tells us there in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, that and they overcame them by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And then. It finished that verse finished up by saying, and they love not their lives unto the death. So there was no compromise in uh, those uh, saints of old, and there can't be any compromise in the saints today. And so, again, especially if we're going to see uh, what wondrous things that the Lord will do. Now, and again, this episode we're talking about, this is uh, an episode where we're going to just hear a couple of testimonies from people. Um, we have two guests here in the Cleveland area, and I had a couple of guests, one guest from California. Um, I've been waiting to, uh, uh, there's something going on um, with that connection, but um, if they don't make it, it's okay. Uh, we had some filler um, uh, testimonies and, and I, I, not junk, I think is of quality, but I really wanted to step back and not so much talk about what the Lord has done and, and what we exercise in our lives, but I wanted you to hear from other people. So, but, um, uh, in the case that we don't make this connection, we have some things that we want to share with you, um, as what the Lord has done. So I wanted to go ahead and let's, let's just get, get started um, our first guest, Deanna, uh, Deanna Santana, I wanted to bring her to stage because she has a testimony that I think, um, is very, uh, profound. And so here we are, Deanna, how you doing? Okay. Talk a little louder. Go ahead. All right. There you go. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So again, I, I said that you're right here in Cleveland, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay, and you're a member of the. I see your shirt there, New Hope Apostolic. Yes. <laughs> okay, and I want to apologize. Yeah. I want to apologize to our Instagram audience. I've been trying to figure out for you to actually see everything that is going on. I wanted you to see versus you 
only hearing. I mean, when I'm when I'm here solo, then obvious, you know, I'm here. But when we have other guests on, I wanted you to actually be able to view them. But the app or the program that we use doesn't allow us to actually. Um, hey, what's going on, bro? I see you. Um, it doesn't allow me to link you in so that you can view everything as my Facebook and the Facebook and the um, uh, Twitter and YouTube link. Hopefully, we'll be able to do something about that in the future. But I, uh, but if you're here, I wanted you to hear what this episode is about. Again, this is not so much about a prophetic uh, utterance or uh, uh, biblical teaching, but we wanted to hear the testimonies about what the Lord has done. So, Deanna, do you want to go ahead and 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 just uh, give us your testimony about what the Lord had uh, the amazing thing He did for you in your life? Yes, um, I want to start off with uh, um, letting everybody know that um, I began my walk with God around. 2018, the middle of 2018, around June, and since then I've been um, taking my walk seriously. Um, I started um, my walk with God when I was pregnant, um, and some that was something that God actually helped me through. Um, a, two years prior to 2018, so 2016, I had gotten pregnant, and um, the birth. It, I, I made it up to three months, and uh, I miscarried. They told me that I wasn't going to be able to have kids. I have I had mental, I mean, not mental, I had health issues, and um, that I wasn't going to be able to have children in the future. Um, so, for in other words, for me to prepare to not look forward to having kids, you know, it wasn't going to be possible. So, that tore me as a woman, because, you know, that's what we're made for. We're made to, you know, create, bring life. And that hit me really hard. Um, my husband ended up joining church around, like, I want to say a year and a half after that happened. He ended up joining church. I was pregnant at the time, and I didn't know it until it was the month that he joined church we found out that I was pregnant. And then two ministers came to the house to pray with me and, you know, open my eyes to God, but mainly to pray for me because, yeah, I was pregnant, but there's a huge possibility I could miscarry again because I was already told that I wasn't allowed to have children. I wasn't going to be able to. But, um, I got prayed for, and I instantly felt the presence of God. I've never felt that before, but I felt it. I just, it was like... I, how I could describe it, it's like, like something just surrounding my stomach, like as if it was protected, and it was just like, I felt safe, I felt like this was going to be different, um, nine months uh, down the line, ends up giving birth to my daughter, D'Angelis, um, she will be three years old this month, March 10th, um, <laughs> so that was um, that was a miracle. She was my rainbow baby. Mm-hmm. But along the way, um, I found out with my first child, I was suffering also from depression and anxiety. I didn't know what it was, and it was really, really, really bad. You know, I'm talking suicidal thoughts. I'm talking about not wanting to be there. As a pregnant woman, these are thoughts that you do not want to have. These are thoughts like, well, I'm a horrible mother, and I I haven't even brought life into this world in my hands yet and I'm thinking these thoughts. I prayed and prayed, you know, you could pray for something, but you gotta it takes you to take that effort to really fight for it, you know, you really want it. And I didn't want I didn't want depression. I didn't want anxiety and I just put it in my head, you gotta have faith. You gotta have faith. Um and since then um God's helped me with that, the, the depression, the anxiety. He helped me through that with my next pregnancy, which I ended up having another baby, which is awesome, because again, I wasn't supposed to have kids. And she will be one years old, Giuliani, she will be one years old this month, March 10th, the same day as her sister. Wow. Um, March so, 10th. Yeah, God. March, that's, 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 that's my, 
That's my son's birthday. The young. All right. What's going on? You're my husband and our family. Um, Above all, I Absolutely. This world, the hardships that I face, I want to read to you. Okay, one of them is Second Samuel 22, 29, and it says, For you are my lamp, O Lord. The Lord shall enlighten my darkness. And the reason why I love that is because I face a lot of things for me, me and my husband, actually. We face a lot of places that put us we're in dark places, and God was our light. God helped us through it. So always keep that in your mind. God is the light. No matter if you feel your lowest, darkest, you feel like you're, you know, you're in a tunnel, God is your light. Remember that. Another one, Psalms uh, 119 and 105. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet. And a light to my path. That's right. And remember that because you may feel like you're stuck or you're not going nowhere. Things aren't going how you plan. But God's gonna guide. You. God's gonna lead that way. You may, you may feel like, oh, I'm I, I'm not gonna amount to nothing. Or I like like I said, you can't have kids. So if you can't have kids. You feel like you don't feel worthy. You don't feel you feel less than what you, you're supposed to. Be. Mm-hmm. God says no. I'm a guide you to where you need to be. I'm gonna put you. Where you need to be. Just believe in me, trust in me, and you got it. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's it. That's it. And so I have playing in the background. I'm just setting the tone. So we want to thank you for being here. And um, we're going to go ahead and, and, and remove you from the stage. And then um, uh, we have another guest coming up here in just a few seconds. But there's some things that I wanted to say. Thank you so much for being here, Deanna. Uh, God bless you. We're going to see you guys again soon. And uh, uh, New Hope uh, Apostolic Church, and also one of the members of uh, One Drop One Drop Ministry. One Drop Ministry. Love you guys. God bless you. Take care. All right. And so, in the backdrop, you hear uh, the music playing, and uh, the Lord's been dealing with me. Oh, this song has been in my spirit for the last two weeks. I cannot play anything else. Every time. I try to go somewhere or play something. This is, it, it, I got it on, it's loop, repeat. And um, so we don't own the rights to this music, but we just wanted to set the tone and let you hear it in the backdrop. It's Make It Right. Make It Right by uh, uh, Maverick City Music. Maverick City Music. And so, but Deanna, um, she gave her testimony about how she was not able to have children. And um, and so she has two precious little ones now, her miracle babies. And we were talking earlier. We were talking earlier, and I was telling her, you couldn't have known this, or you wouldn't have known this, but I'm also one of those miracle babies. And so uh, this wasn't a testimony that I was going to tell, but I'm just kind of piggybacking off of off of uh, her testimony. But. I'm one of those miracle babies. My mother, my mother and father, when they had gotten married, um, they were married for a few years. I think maybe like five years. I think. I think it was. Uh, I think it was about five years. And they got divorced. She couldn't have any children, and they were divorced for about seven years. And, um, and finally, they they after seven years, they came back together again, but she still could not have children. And she decided to get saved, and 
church prayed for her. Ministers prayed for her also. It, it makes me think of a story in Genesis where, remember, um, uh, uh, Rachel could not have children. Her womb was closed. The Bible says that her husband, Jacob, entreated the Lord on behalf of his wife. And and the, uh, and I'm sorry, Rebecca, Rebecca, she, her womb was closed and the, uh, and, and her husband entreated the Lord on behalf of her wife and the, and it turns around and says, and the Lord was entreated by him. I don't have time to really get into the woods on, on that, but she ended up having twins, twins. And because her husband entreated the Lord on behalf of her entreated prayed mightily prayed hard the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much and so uh, uh, Deanna she has her Deanna and Angel who will be bringing back up here in just a little while we'll introduce him in a minute um, have their miracle children um, my brother and I are our parents miracle children and so the Lord is well able to do exactly what he said he would do. He wants to do wonders uh, in our life. Um, I think of uh, um, the psalm. Um, uh, I'm, 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 I'm kind of, I got a lot going on here. But uh, Psalm 34, it says, uh, uh, My soul shall boast in the Lord, the humble thereof. Um, uh, my soul shall boast in the Lord the humble thereof uh, will make me glad oh magnify the Lord with me let us exalt his name together so what, what God has done for someone else rejoice with them rejoice with them on what God has done for them because in your rejoicing God is working things out in your behalf in, in, in your way, there are things that he wants to do for you. And there are things that you are expecting of him. But remove yourself, remove r- remove your fears and your uh, concerns and, and your negative words out of the way and magnify the Lord. Exalt him. Make him bigger than the problem that you have. He wants to. Um, uh, Isaiah 8 and... Um, I think Isaiah 8 and 18 says that we uh, that, that, that we are we have been given for signs and wonders. It talks about Israel, but we're being we, uh, we're given for signs and wonders. So know that God wants to uh, be that in your life, but it's not just for you; it's for someone else. God uses you in order to get to others. So don't block God. In, 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 in reference to what he wants to do for you and somebody else. And so quickly, the testimony that I wanted to share, and I've talked about it before. I've talked about it before. A job that I worked at for years, um, I think I spent like maybe a total of eight years there. And um, I had a lot of issues with the people that I, uh, that I well, it really wasn't the people, with the with management that was working there. Uh, that I worked there with and so um, they really made it hard for me there and um, and it was just it was hard to just be saved it was hard to be saved and working in this flour mill and so uh, it came a point in time where um, you know my job was on the line and they fired me under false pretenses and everything and and I really felt like you know I was tired of being bullied by these people and by the boss by management and everything and I decided that I was going to go get a lawyer and sue this company. Well, it just so happened that when they fired me, it was the week of my vacation. So they had the honor because it was vacation. It was time that I had earned. And I worked. I went on vacation for a week. I told my wife about it, and she was nervous and everything. And, you know, I was like, look, things are going to be fine. We're going to enjoy this vacation. And then when I come back, if I got to get a temp job, temp job just so I can, you know, have the money ready for a lawyer to take care of them, then that's what that's what that's what we're gonna do. So 
So we went on vacation for a week, and the babies were young. I mean, our, our babies, our, our three were, I mean, really, really stair-step, um, the three. And so um, we went on vacation. We came back. When I came back, I still hadn't had my termination letter. And so um, I, really, I, I really got angry because I felt like they were toying with me. So I called the company up, and I asked the secretary, hey, where's my letter at? And I'm kind of going off, you know, with her about it. She's like, hey, Cliff, calm down, calm down. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, listen, you guys fired me last week before I went on vacation. And so I'm, you did what you had to do. Now I'm doing what I got to do. But I need this termination letter so I can take care of that. And so um, she said, you know what? I don't know what you're talking about because I don't have any record of you being terminated. But... I, I, let me patch you over to the manager. And the manager that she wanted to patch me over to was the one who fired me. I didn't, I didn't feel like talking to him. You know, I wanted to talk to the other guy. But he went on vacation right after I came back. So I'm, so they patched me over to uh, the manager who terminated me in the first place. And he's sitting on the phone. He's talking. He's hey, Cliff, how you doing? Hey, what's going on, brother? And, brother? I mean, man, stop. Where's my letter at? So what are you talking about your letter? I said, where's you terminated me? You got rid of me. Now you did what you had to do. I'm tired of playing games with y'all. Now I'm about to do what I got to do. Where's my where's my letter at? He said, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, uh, about your job. And he just kept on stuttering. I said, why do you keep on stuttering? Where's my letter? He said, uh, listen, um, hey, um, about your job. Why don't you come on in? Let's let, let's talk about your job. Let's talk about your job. So I. So I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, scratching my head. That's okay, yeah, 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 fine. And I looked at the phone, and it, and it dawned on me. I said, Lord, are you, what are you doing? What are you actually doing? Now, keep in mind, I got, we got a house. We got two cars that, that, that we're paying on, and three stair-step children. So I think CJ was, he had to be two. So two, five, or two. Seven and nine, so somewhere in there, at at the time. So I go in, talk to management. We're hashing everything out, and just like that, I got my job back after about an hour's meeting, an hour of talking, you know, whatever. And I went on home, and so I I, I praise God for it. I mean, it was easy peasy, but when I got home, one of the the old men on the job, one of the guys with all the seniority, <laughs> called me up and he asked me, he said, hey, I, we saw you were down here. We saw the car outside. Why didn't you come over to the locker room and talk to us? I said, no, nah, I don't think it was a good idea. I wanted to hurry up and get out. And, you know, management, they looking out the window trying to see. And they was watching me coming. They was watching me going. I wanted to get in and out of there. He said, well, do you, did they tell you what happened? I said, no, what happened? He said, they didn't tell you what happened? I said, no, what, what are you talking about? I, they told me to come in, let's talk about my job. I got my job back and, you know, whatever. He said, do you know why you got your job back? I said, no, what happened? So, in 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 the flower industry, and I'm going to try and make this real short. In the flower industry, we have, you know, uh, um, bins where you keep the wheat. And the wheat has to be pumped over into the meal. It's tempered, and then later on, pumped into um, the meal where where the grinders grind the meat uh, grind the wheat into flour and then they get rid of the scrap well the 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 the, the main wheel that is always they always do preventive maintenance on it so then that nothing happens the wheel the, the the motor blew up so the motor blew up and there was no way for them to do anything produce anything Headquarters found out what happened, and they flew right into town to find out what was happening. And as soon as they asked what happened, the man with the seniority met him and said, they was messing with the reverend, and God don't like ugly, and now look at us. And I, and I said, <laughs> and I was floored because I'm like, there's no way in the world I could at the time believe that God interceded and interjected and allowed the, 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 a, 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 a motor to blow up 
and bring a whole operation to naught on behalf of one of his children. And there's a scripture in the Bible, and I wish I could, I wish I could find it right now, um, but I, I think it's, it's somewhere in the New Testament. If somebody can find it for me and just and just post it, put it on a put it in the in the comment page where he says, he says, Jesus said, it is better for you to put a millstone around your neck and drown in the depths of the sea than to offend one of these little ones. Because of our belief system and because of how we follow Jesus Christ our Lord, it is better for you to it's better for you to do away with yourself. Then to come against his children because he will come for you because we bear his name. And so that's it for that testimony. Uh, that's it. We want to get right back to our guest, our next guest. Uh, we're going to bring him up to the stage right now. Brother Angel, what's going on, bro? How you doing, brother? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. <laughs> To be stressed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hey, so let's get right into it because I, when I heard your story, now I, I knew it before. Let me just let me put it to you like this: I heard this story before. I just didn't know it was you. And now, <laughs> as the as as uh, I, I was talking to Brother Ramon and we put the pieces together, I said, "Man, we I, I gotta have I gotta have Angel back." So I'm glad you're here. And so just take it away. Tell us what the Lord did for you. I, I must try to make this as short as possible, but the, the only way you can understand where I was at is if you know where I came from. And uh, it all started, honestly, when I was eight years old. Um, my dad died of an alcoholic, and that put a lot of hate in my heart because... I took it upon me, like, he was alcoholic because I didn't know about it. You know, in a little kid's mind, I tried to, I put that on myself, and that was the closest person I was with, so when he died, I took it personally. It shattered me, you know, to the point that I had to go see a psychologist and all these people because they diagnosed me as uh, with schizophrenia. I was talking to myself, and... It, it was wild. Um, so growing up, I never let go of the hatred. As soon as I see my family struggling, a uh, loved one passed away, I put it on me and I turn it into hatred. Like that happened because I didn't know about it. Oh, that's because you're too weak. Oh, that's because you're too dumb to know those stuff. So growing up, it's hatred was my best friend. It was just hate everything, you know. Um, Growing up to, let's see, skip forward to around uh, middle school, eighth grade, I was getting bullied. I hated it um, until one time, and, you know, I'm being honest with you, there was this tall kid that always picks on everybody, and I remember one time as a joke, I jumped behind his back, and I started choking him with my arms, and to the point that the kid almost passed out. And then in my little head, I'm like, I realized, huh, if you choke the bullies, they'll stop bullying you, <laughs> you know? So the bullies can actually be bullied, you know? So um, that started me down a really dark road because a kid with hate on his heart, nothing good can come out of it, honestly. Um, going into high school, that was a whole other atmosphere. That's where you get introduced to parties, drugs, gangs. And what started with drinking, uh, uh, for me, was let's go to a party every weekend and start drinking like around say, 15, 16 years old, you know? Right. Um, I know yeah. all about it, but we won't go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So go ahead. Go ahead. started off with that. Um, then it turns into you hang with your homeboys, you see what they're about, you form a little clique, and it just my life just went downhill. Um, I joined, uh, we made a little gang, we had each other's back, um, and it was mostly just fights and 
and get drunk or get high and just enjoy yourself with your homies, basically, you know? Um, now, when I hit 18, I was already dropped out of high school. Um, I got kicked out of plenty of high school. Um, the last high school I went to, I, the, my first day walking through this door, the officer looked at me and he said, you're Angel Santana, ain't you? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes to the other police officer. This is the one that we got to watch out for. He's a troublemaker. So I already had a little reputation everywhere I go, you know. Um, when when I decided to stay out of school, I moved in with one of my buddies. And with so much hatred I had, I turned into really, it was a street life. It was um, robbing people, selling drugs. Um, <laughs> it was just a sin, sinful life, you know. Um, I remember times that we used to just go around knocking on random people's uh, houses, knock on the door, and wait a couple minutes, knock again. Nobody answered, just knock the door and stake everything that's inside the house, you know. Um, we were a it was mostly three of us because out of all people, we only three of us stayed close. And it was also uh, get drunk on the night and go around just robbing random people that we see on the streets. That's just, for us, that was fun. We had one goal. It was either, we had so much hate, we either uh, get rich or, or die trying. And that was our main goal, you know? And... You know, my life kept going that way for uh, from 17, 18, 19, and then 20 years old. My life was just horrible, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Um, disrespected my mom. Didn't really care about my family. Didn't have nobody that I could support on because everybody knew what I was doing, you know? So at 20 years old, I remember wasn't the worst thing I did, to be honest with you. It was the worst thing that I got caught with. And mm, I don't want to get difference. into the details. <laughs> there's a yeah, difference. I don't yeah. want to get into right, the right, details right. of it. Right, right, right. Um, I remember that one night we decided, what well, you call it, let's hit a lick. Let's let's make some money. Um, And after that night was done, I remember my whole hands were covering blood all the way to my elbows. And to this day, I still don't remember exactly what went through. All I know is that two weeks later, I received a, a package in my in my house saying you're accused with kidnapping, um, felonious assault, aggravated burglary, um, and the list just goes on and on and on. Altogether was eleven felony ones, mm. and. On the time, on top of that, I was already on probation for um, discharging a weapon at a group of guys. Mm-hmm. So, and I had three felonies stuck with that plus breaking probation. So, altogether, it comes up to 15 felonies. And when I first heard that, believe it or not, I, me and my buddy celebrated because our face was on the news. So, we we're like, oh, we made it big, you know? Let's get drunk, let's party. We made it big. And little by little, reality starts kicking in. A couple of weeks, a couple of months passed by. My homie went into depression. He said, I can't, I can't live like this, you know? I can't do nothing with my life, you know? You're wanted. You're a wanted man. So I try to convince him to stay on the run with me and turn himself in. Um, they, he took a plea deal. They gave him 10 years. Me, on the other hand, I decided to stay on the run, and the first few months, like I said, homeless, depression, um, I laid my head wherever somebody would let me lay my head at, and I had one buddy of mine that he, uh, he, you know, it's like the little snake or the little devil on your right shoulder or something, he said, you ain't got nothing to lose like right now, so you either turn yourself in even harder on these streets and me already full so much hate I said let's go harder and I met some other guys and my life I really shouldn't even be here I've been shot at multiple times um 
robbed countless places. The drugs that I was selling went from hundreds of dollars to thousands of dollars, messing with people that really get you killed, honestly. And even on all that, um, I remember one night, just before I turned into an atheist, because I couldn't see how God could be real after so much damage that I do, you know? Mm -hmm. Three years into me being on the run, I prayed, you know, God, if if you're real, you know, me being sarcastic, I'm like, if you're really real, send me a partner that's just like me, you know, have the same mentality as me or, or something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. I met Diana, and this is, is weird because we have the same birthday, January 11th. We're both allergic to shrimp. <laughs> um, we both got the same mentality. It, it, it was just so weird, but that didn't deter me. I, I was still an atheist. And when I met Diana, it was just a companion I needed, you know, but I was still on the run. My mm. money came from the streets at, that, at this time. And it, it, life didn't get better. And, and, and just I'm just going to interject just to say this. And so for those of you who didn't make the connection because we didn't say it at the time, um, Deanna, the young lady who was uh, the first speaker, is the wife of our brother here, Brother Angel. So he, they, so they both they both have a uh, a wonderful, heartfelt uh, testimony about what God has done for them. And I just wanted to make sure that I said the young lady is actually Angel's Angel's wife. But well, go ahead, go ahead and, and wrap this up because I I, I, I want to get to the good part. <laughs> I got you. I got you. So um, all these felonies, my life didn't get better when I got pregnant with a miscarriage. I was, you know, that was I'll say like three years of me being on the run, and I decided I'm gonna go harder on these streets. You know, for this baby, I'm gonna go hard and. It didn't happen. And that really, you know, baby wasn't born. I seen the miscarriage with my own eyes in the bathtub of the home, you know? Mm -hmm. I seen everything happen, and that kind of shattered me, you know? To the point that not only was I living in a sinful life, I was didn't want to know about God, and I started messing with witchcraft. And it's, I don't know, trying to get away from the law, I guess. Right, right. And, and it all changed. Four years into this uh, being on the run, it all changed with a buddy of mine that invited me to a minister's house. He said, uh, my life changed. And mind you, this is a person that always on drugs. So when he told me, uh, let's come talk about Jesus, I'm like, hey, I don't want to hear about that Jesus stuff. That ain't for me. I need money right now, you know? <laughs> and he convinced me to go to a minister's house. You already know who it is. Right. You, you know what? It's funny because I remember your friend, and I remember being at one of those one of those uh, one of those evenings, and um, and I was and I saw the joy in your friend's eyes, and and and, and then uh, he actually started talking about you and how hard you were, and I'm like, this guy, <laughs> I'm, I I I I couldn't make the connection, but go go ahead, go ahead. Make a long, you know, trying to wrap this up. Um, when I went to this, he convinced me, so I just went in. And they're like, Oh, yeah, you know, we heard you had some questions. I'm like, Not really questions, I just don't believe. So I started asking questions, trying to be sarcastic, and they're batting my question left and right. So I'm like, All right, all right, that's good, that's good. And even though they were hitting some good points, I still didn't believe that. So he said, you go and pray for you and in my head I'm like alright cool you know ain't nothing gonna happen anyway so <laughs> you know right? Go pray for me so I remember standing in the middle of uh, everybody made a circle around me I was right in the middle and everybody put a hand on me and when they, um, they started praying this, this powerful prayer and it got to the point where uh, the minister was like, God, I please I ask you to send two angels, one in front of him to guide him and one behind him to wash his back. And he's like, God, and if you please can and forgive me for asking, but send two more angels, one to watch every step that he takes 
and watch and want to watch his mind. And then he's like, God, please just forgive me for asking, but send two more angels, God, and one to stand at each of his uh, at one of each of his sides. And when he said that, I literally felt his two hands rest on my shoulders. And when I felt that, I, I know what that feeling feels like because I had an uncle that used to grab me on my shoulders real tight. So when I felt those two hands, I opened my eyes and I looked around. There was nobody touching me in my shoulders. And immediately something inside me just snapped. And I just started crying. And in my head, I'm like, God, I, I ran away from you. I curse you. I make fun of you. And you're just right here. Like, like nothing happened. For me, that was amazing. I started crying. I asked, what do I got to do next? Like, you have to be baptized. You have to repent. Get baptized. Receive the Holy Ghost. That was on a Saturday. Next Sunday, the day after Sunday morning, I was baptized. I, I repented. I was baptized. And I started speaking in tongues. <laughs> now, that's how I got saved. Uh-huh. I was still on the run. <laughs> okay. Only that, I was still on the run. You're saved, but you still want it. Right, right, right. Right, 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 right. And um, last year I said, you know, it's time. I got to take care of this. I got two little girls now. One, one's two years old. One is on the way. I got to deal with this. The miracle so, baby. Right, my miracle baby. I love this baby. <laughs> and... So I decided, let's go through with this. First, my first miracle right there, the church provided for me. I really didn't have to pay out of pocket because the church provided for everything. I turned myself in. First off, I got a bail when nobody else had a bail in there. When I'm sitting in the jail cell for just one day, a couple of hours, I'm looking around, I'm getting desperate. I'm like, man, I'm going to stay here the whole time. I look at a piece of paper on uh, on the food tray. I got curious, and I picked up the piece of paper, and it says uh, a scripture from Isaiah. It says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, God, you got your hand on this. So it was a whole waiting process. Months come by, and just, oh, another schedule. Oh, you're, you're not important enough because you happened so old ago, but they're not going to let you go. Waiting and waiting. And, you know, the day that I met the prosecutor for the first time, he took a liking to me. So I'm like, oh, this is good news. He likes me, you know. And he was being kind to me and stuff. So that was good news for me. When I stand in the courtroom, man, that was a whole atmosphere. Because remember, I told you what I, uh, I don't remember what I did. Mm-hmm. But they had all types of pictures of what I did. Wow. When that prosecutor starts raising his voice, saying, oh, he thinks he's slick. He's like, look what he did. He been on the run for four years. Now he want to get away. He's like, look what he did. Look how he cracked me. He got a big screen. He's like, look how he cracked me. Pistol whooping in his sleep. Tied him up. Took all his money. And I was just looking at the pictures like, man, I deserve to go to jail. Like, I ain't got no excuse. You know, I'm guilty. And his, man, his voice is just going at me, going at me. And he said, he looks at me when he finished, and he looks at me and he said, he, go, he looks at me, he looks back at the judge, and he said, you know, this is the hardest case that I ever had, judge. Not because he's not guilty, because we got the evidence, we got the suspect, it's a done deal. But this is the hardest case because he changed his life. And if we don't provide him a way out or... We sent him to jail. What good is the system? So as a punishment, I have no recommendation. And the judge was speechless. Um, Ramon goes in. Uh, pastor goes in. My wife goes in. Start talking to the judge on my behalf. And when it was her turn to speak, she let me have it too. <laughs> she was like, uh, look what you did. Look at the damage you did. All this. And I'm like, I, I looked at my wife like, I'm going to jail. That's it. I'm going to jail. <laughs> she said, I'm going to give you a year of probation. And if you mess this up, I'm going to make sure you do eight years in jail. And you're going to pay double the fines that you still got to pay. And you also got to do community service at your church. I'm like, everybody was speechless, to be honest with you, because everybody seen what I did. Everybody was expecting me to go to 
Now to present day, a, mo, um, a, a request was already sent for me to finish my probation. She never submitted for me to do my probation, so I don't got to do, I mean, community service, so I don't got to do community service. Seven, uh, seven years on the run, and I'm free. Wow. Got them. I'm free. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Man, listen, I'm going to tell you something. I've, I've been there to One Drop Ministry. I've sat with I've sat with you all, and there's no way for me to tell that that's who you were back then. So I'm I'm, I'm telling you, I'm uh, man, I, I'm telling you, it, 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 if if anyone thinks that God can't change a person from inside out, you just don't you just don't know. But guess what? That's what this episode is about. Is about telling the testimonies about what pe- what God has done in people's lives, and so, Angel Man, listen, I can't. Hey, listen, where where where, where the babies at? Wait, I'm gonna show you one of them. Hey, <laughs> can you get loud real quick? Look, this is the mean one right here. <laughs> this is the bad one. Okay. I, <laughs> the I, angel. Oh. Uh, 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 one of the, that's one of the. One of the two that's, of the miracle babies. Yeah, that's Jojo. Uh huh. And here's the funky one. <laughs> this is Lamy. Hey. This is a real bad one right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. Oh, yes. Listen, before I know you got to the club, but before I go, uh huh. It didn't end there. I got a high paying job. Um, I got a career. <laughs> I got uh. I got cars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, listen, God been multiplying on everything. Hey, Angel, listen. Before you close, before you close, I want you to pray for someone, or or just just give a word of encouragement to someone who, number one, who questions God because you you didn't believe He existed. So, g- give a word of encouragement to someone who who questions God, and then close us out in prayer. That's a word of encouragement. I'll tell you this. I didn't believe in God. And I want to talk to somebody, whoever read this and comes from a bad background and you don't think that you have a chance at life. Man, the things that God can do, it's amazing. I wish I would have met God sooner because my life is just better. Like, I can't explain everything that God has added to me. Please, before, you know, they always say, you know, I try everything, but then try God, but try God first. <laughs> God will provide a way. It don't matter what you're facing, God will provide a way. And it's too real. <laughs> it's, it's too real. Um, mind if I pray now? Yes, yes, sir. Go ahead, right here. So, um, Heavenly Father, I just pray that, please, that you will let this message just go across a lot of people and they will hear what God has done for us, Lord. I pray that when somebody reads this or, or listens to this, Lord, and they find, move them in their heart, oh God. Move them to you, oh God. Make a way for the other situations, Lord. Bless them the same way you have blessed me. Show them how real you are the same way you have shown me, God. I pray that you please use this to reach a lot of people, Lord, and that you will show them what you show me. You love them the same way you love me, Lord God. I pray all this thing in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks all a right, lot, Angel. man. I appreciate it. Hey, look, I love you guys, man. I love you guys. You're, you're, you got you doing some real things over there. Woo! I'm kind of eh. <laughs> <laughs> eh. Um, yeah, y'all doing some real things over there, and um, I love you guys. Uh, we'll be we'll be back soon. We'll be back soon. All right, all right. So, uh, yeah, hey, hey, give everybody <laughs> salute everybody for me. <laughs> all right, God bless. All right, <laughs> take care. All right, so that was brother Ramon. Oh, I'm sorry, that was brother brother Angel Angel uh, uh, Santana. And I'm telling you, uh, listen, 
if you don't believe that God is real, well, guess what? Um, you know, Paul, well, Paul knew about God. Uh, you know, he, he was, he was a servant or he was serving the best way he knew how, but he had some, he had a crooked way about him and he was doing things his way, his own way. But God got his attention when he knocked him off of his beast. And he knew that he had came in, he came, uh, uh, face to face with something, the, 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 the force that knocked him off his beast caused him to say, Lord, who are you? And at that point, he had to acknowledge that there is someone, something greater than himself. And so, um, you know, we, we, the word of the Lord says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to the glory of God. And so, um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at a, I'm really at a loss for words right now. I'm really at a loss of words, but I, I have to, I really have to conclude with this, uh, testimony here because, you know, during this, um, COVID era and, uh, uh, you know, many people, we know many people who have gotten sick, who have, um, died from the virus and we understand that uh, it, it is taking so many of us, and with the um, with the uh, agencies that try to um, force mandates and 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 just kind of make make made us feel like um, their remedy for this uh, virus was something that we had to have. They, you know, they, they, the world has a way of making you feel like you have to have what they, what, what, what they, what they got. Uh, but those of us who are in Christ and really believe, we're holding headstrong on our faith. I have a testimony about how, how our faith, how, how we are still delivered by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. So during this um, period, you know, um, COVID and vaccines and all of that and everything, uh, and you've heard me lightweight talk about it um, before, but my mother-in-law, and I want to hurry up because we're, we're really at a close on this episode, um, but my mother-in-law contacted the virus, and so contracted the virus, I'm sorry, and so she was sick. Um, so when she went to the uh, hospital, we prayed. My wife and I, we prayed mightily for her. She was in the hospital for maybe three days or so, and then she came home. Um, and so you would think, okay, that's good. She came home, but she, she could barely breathe. Her oxygen level was low. And so she ended up having to go back to the hospital again. And so uh, she was in the hospital again for another couple of days. And then... Um, and then uh, uh, she came back home with oxygen, but in but in the meantime, uh, when she when they were doing a a, a uh, what do you call it, a Zoom visit or something a video visit whatever with the doctor, the doctor uh, my wife was talking to the doctor on her behalf, and so the the my wife my daughter one of my daughters and my mother in law are all in the room. She's laying down. She can barely breathe. And all she's saying is, I just want my strength back. I just want my strength back. I just want my strength back. I want my strength. And so she's talking to the doctor. My wife is talking to the doctor. And just and and, and, and so he's asking questions and everything. And then um and then he asks, he's finding out, oh, she never she never got the she never got the vaccine. She's almost 80 years old. She's lucky to be alive. And when the doctor said that, or rather when my mother-in-law heard that. Something rose up in her, and she sat right up. She said, "What did he just say?" And it would just seem like a a a a, a, a resurgence of a, a a will of I know I got to get up from here. Now we continue to pray. We continue to pray. We kept the prayer wheel going for her. Now she she just she she was determined that she was gonna hold fast 
to the confession of her faith. She wasn't worried about what 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 the what systems were offering. She wanted to hold fast to the confession of her faith. We, as I was reading, and I was in the book of Revelation, just in a casual reading, and I saw where Jesus said, I was dead, but I am alive, and I have the keys of death and hell. And something struck my spirit. I said, Maya, read what Jesus just said here in Revelation chapter 1. And I read that to her. She said, let's pray. And we began to pray and we injected the fact, Jesus, you have the keys of death and hell. That means, Satan, you can do nothing here. You have no authority. You have no rule. There's nothing you can you cannot kill my mother-in-law. You, you, you can't have her. Take your hands off. We pleaded the blood of Jesus. We prayed and let and just let just let prayer go. And so right but right in between that, right after that, we you you'll notice, and this is why I'm so headstrong on this Maverick City thing here. We had tickets to a Maverick City concert, and so we went to the concert. And Maya was kind of, you know, she was, she, she felt a little guilty about going to a concert when her mother is sitting at home trying to recover from COVID. But we went to the concert anyway. And we determined, we made up in our mind, we were just going to go crazy. We were just going to go nutso. We were just going to, we, 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 we were, we was going to turn up. We were going in, in Jesus. And when, and, and that's when I, I that's when I know she received her release. Maya received her release, and she was confident on what the Lord was going to do. Well, just this past year, you know, Christmas was on Sunday, and so we had uh, Saturday eve. That Saturday evening, we had Christmas uh, Eve service at the church, and we had communion. And so while we uh, they they we took communion, and I told the brothers, "Hey, look, is it possible for me to get a couple of?" couple of cups because we're going to take communion at home tomorrow with my because my mother-in-law is home and she can't go out he said certainly absolutely we took exactly what we needed we went home we had, the next day we had dinner um the kid the the children i keep saying kids they all adults now but the, the children <laughs> prayed over the elements and then we all took communion and this was uh and we, we took we, we took uh, the communion and everything Monday morning, she called and told them that she didn't need her oxygen anymore. And they, they came they came to pick up her tanks. They came to pick up her tank. And it was by Wednesday, we really realized, wait a minute. She's up, walking around, no oxygen, no nothing, just around, just doing everything. And it dawned on us, wait a minute. She... Prayer went forth, took communion, and I remember in the word of the Lord, remember when the children of Israel, when Moses had finally got to Pharaoh's heart and the children of Israel began to leave, they also ate. They, they, ate, they ate the lamb. They put the blood, they put blood over the doorposts, of, uh, 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 blood over the doorposts. And when they left, the Bible said that there was not one feeble one among them. And, and doctors discharged her to say she was fine. And not only that, but just bragging on it a little bit, maybe about a week or a, a couple weeks later after that, I had a pound cake sitting on my table. My mother-in-law always makes my cakes. And I saw that pound cake sitting on the table. When I saw that, I said, I called her up. I said, you feeling real good, aren't you? She said, yes, I am. <laughs> so, so she got all her strength back. And we're just praising God because, again, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And so we're going to go ahead and close right here. We're going to close right here. And um, I just want to thank you again for spending time with us here. Uh, again, this is Straight Youth Radio Podcast, and we, I'm just going to go ahead. We started with this uh, song. We're going to let this play out. Again, this is 
Make it right. Make it right by Maverick City. We don't own the rights to this music. But again, this is Make It Right. For those of you who uh, want to get in touch with us, again, this is Straight Truth Radio Podcast. You can always reach out to us. You can hit, hit me up, email at straighttruthradio at yahoo.com. The Straight Truth Radio at yahoo.com. I love that part. <laughs> On our social media uh, 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 platforms, Facebook as Clifford Kelly and also Straight Truth Radio. On Twitter at Straight Truth R1. That's Straight, Straight Truth R1. And also at CK Holy Man. On YouTube, Straight Truth Radio Podcast on YouTube. And on IG, Straight underscore Truth underscore Radio underscore Podcast. And again, the video, uh, the audio format will be coming out, be loaded up in just uh, uh, by Tuesday. We will have it loaded up. Apple, Anchor, Google, Overcast, Podbean, um, Radio Public, Breaker, and Spotify. Listen, as I tell you all the time, until we cross paths again, remember, hold on to him, which is able to keep you from failing and falling. Remember, we are not sinless, but we sin less because of him who became sin for us. Again, this is Straight Truth Radio Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Until then, stay strong, stay true. God bless you all.